This is Brother John Metter, and I greet you in the precious name of Jesus today. And I pray all is well with you. And I want to tell you about our new website. We are putting it together, but if you would like to go uh, to our new website, it is mansentfromgod.org. That is M-A-N-S-E-N-T-F-R-O-M. G-O-D dot O-R-G. Man sent from God dot O-R-G. That will connect you, uh, with our email. That will connect you with YouTube, Facebook. That will connect you with everything. We're finally getting things in one place where you can go to that one place. There are also blogs there, which I'm writing and I'm beginning to post something on a weekly basis, and we're, we have started, uh, back doing our live stream on our YouTube channel, which if you want to view that, it's Sunday at 11 o'clock, but it's also in our archives. You can go back, uh, and watch it and listen to it after our service on Sunday. But the man sent from God.org will take you to our YouTube channel, um, and you can go that way. We are uh, really excited about what God is doing and how God is moving in the working of the Spirit of God that's coming forth. We are seeing God do great, great, great and mighty things. Also, those of you out there that are listening to us, if you would like to follow me on Twitter, it is uh, Man Sent From God. It is Twitter at Man Sent From God. And you can uh, log that into your Twitter channel. And uh, I'm not going to tell you I'm going to do something every day. But sometime in prayer, when I get up early of a morning, begin to seek the face of the Lord. The Lord will inspire my heart, uh, put something in my spirit. So I am beginning to tweet out some. So it is Twitter at Man Sent From God. And I want to take you into the Word today. The Lord has started stirring my spirit and awakening a cry in me for there to be a moving of the Spirit of God in people to turn back to clean and righteous living. It's like there's something in the land today. People want to live ungodly and unholy, yet they want to come to the house of God. They want to praise and worship and and uh, have all the blessings and the prosperity and everything that God offers, and it's not going to work. I keep trying to tell people, you know, Paul talked about how that uh, the Gentiles were cut off from the blessings and promises of God when they were, uh, you know, when they were uh, when they were Gentiles, when they didn't know about Jesus Christ. He said, "You're cut off from these. You didn't serve God, and you've been cut off from these." So. You know, I hear it all the time. I get prayer requests all the time. Uh, people want me to pray for people that I don't know nothing about, don't know their life. And you call me judgmental. You call me what you want to. But I know that healing and deliverance, healing is the children's bread. Even Jesus, when he came, he would not minister to Gentiles unless the Spirit of God moved on him. And when the uh, Syrophoenician woman, I believe it's in Matthew, came to him, she had the daughter that was possessed with the devil. When she came to him 
and she went to his disciples first and tried to find Jesus, and they wouldn't they wouldn't take her to him. And then she finally followed him, uh, followed him, and found Jesus. And she come and fell at his feet, and started pleading with him to cast the devil out of her daughter. And he said, "Lady," he said, "healing is the children's bread." Healing, what I'm doing, doesn't belong to the Gentiles. It belongs to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And that's what he come for. Jesus did not come to minister to the Gentiles. And she looked at him and said, yes, Lord. She said, but the next time you start breaking that bread, she said, this dog will get under the table and you just let a few crumbs fall through the cracks and drop down and said, this dog will eat those crumbs. And he said, woman, great is thy faith. And for this saying, the devil was gone from thy daughter. It was faith that moved God. It was faith, even though she was a Gentile at that time. It was faith knowing that he had the ability and the power and the authority to do this. That faith, it wasn't because she was saved. It wasn't because she was uh you know, walking with God or serving God, it was because she simply believed. But uh what I was saying about people uh calling all the time and texting me and emailing me about prayer requests, God is not going to move and heal somebody that is just going to continue on in their life of rebellion, sin, and in a backslidden condition. Why should he? Why should God heal someone and allow them to go on sinning and committing adultery and fornication and being evil and ungodly? God's Word does not work that way. It does not operate. God's Word does not operate in that fashion. So say what you want to, but healing is not for everybody. There are conditions. There are uh reasons. God sets these standards and these statutes uh, in his word, and I want to read a scripture to you, because as I was saying, people are going in the house of God today, there's no conviction, there's no uh, desire to live holy, to walk up right before the Lord, and they want uh, to serve God in their sins, they want to serve God in evil and confusion and perverseness, yet when trouble comes, everybody wants to say, all right, prayer warriors, let's pray, let's Pray for this one. Let's pray for that one. Let's pray for healing. Let's pray for deliverance. God is merciful, yes. But God does not move and heal people that are going to live their life in sin and perversion and ungodliness and evil so they can keep sinning and walking in their rebellion and their ungodliness. Take it any way you want to. Believe it how you want to. I don't believe it. I've seen God move and heal people in mercy, giving them a chance to turn their lives around, <coughs> excuse me, and turning their hearts over to the Lord. But for God, if God was going to do that, what's the purpose of serving Him? If God was going to heal everybody and bless everybody and give everybody what their heart desires without them making any commitment or serving God or doing anything to walk up right before the Lord, then let's just... Do what the Bible says. Let's just eat and drink and be merry for tomorrow ye may die. Let's just go ahead and just uh, relish in the blessings and the
the prosperity of God and don't worry, you know, about living clean or getting sin out of our lives. If, if God's going to heal and deliver and move for everybody and put blessings on everybody, then, uh, let's, let's all just go live sinners. Let's all go be fornicators and adulterers or perverted or unclean because evidently the way people are looking at it, it don't make any difference. Uh, how you live, what you do, how you walk. There is a passage in the scriptures in several different places that requires you to do upright and to walk upright before God. Why do you think Paul said to him that knoweth to do right and doeth it not? It's to sin. When you repent, the word repent means to turn from, to walk away from. Repentance is to recognize your sin, the evil in your life, that you are doing wrong according to God's word. It means to walk away from, to ask God to forgive you, to pray uh, in godly sorrow. You know, the Bible says godly sorrow worketh repentance. When the Spirit of God begins to deal with you, how you are living and what you are doing, and you let that Spirit work in your heart, you let that Spirit of God uh, through godly sorrow bring repentance and you repent, then you will turn from your sin. You will turn from your wickedness. You will turn from the way you are living and let the Spirit of God uh, convert you. Uh, first, I'm sorry, the book of Acts 3, and I believe it's verse 19, says, Repent ye therefore and be converted, be changed. Uh, Repent ye therefore, walk away from, turn from your sins and be converted. Uh, that when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. This is a day of salvation. This is a day of God beginning to pour out and restore his spirit to the church and putting back in government and order and leadership and wisdom and understanding because we have a world out there void of deliverance. People need help. They need the delivering power of God. So we are entering into a new dispensation. We are entering into a time of change and transformation. In Romans 12, Paul said, I beseech you therefore by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto him, which is your reasonable service. And then he went on and said, And be not conformed to the things of this world, but be ye therefore transformed by the renewing of your mind. If you are a person that is accepted a Christ as your Savior, you have repented, then you should be changed. And you need to be presenting your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And he said, be not conformed to this world. The word conform means in like fashion. It ain't just talking about your outward dress. It's talking about the cleanliness and holiness of your heart and how you conduct yourself, what your conversation, the word conversation in the original Greek translates behavior. What's your behavior? Be not conformed to this world. Don't be full of evil and bitterness and envy and strife and jealousy. Don't be conformed to this world, but 
be ye therefore transformed. That word means metamorph, to change, to let there be a metamorphosis, a transformation that changes you. It's not a sudden thing, but it is a process. And when you repent and you give your heart to God, the spirit of the resurrected Living Christ will come in in a measure and it will take its abode in you and it will begin to turn your heart from things of this life, turn your heart from things of this world and put inside of you a desire and a love uh, to worship and serve, uh, yea, and walk up right before a holy living God uh, and to present your body to want Christ to live in you. Uh, you will turn away from the things of this world. I've heard it said many times, yea, and the things of this world grow strangely dim. I, I did not have to worry about leaving friends and leaving the world and putting things behind. I, when I came to Jesus I, 46 years ago and I submitted I, my life unto Him and I've knelt. I, I didn't get saved in a church. I had enough knowledge of God in me. I, when I was 19 years old I was living in Nashville Tennessee. I, I was staying with my grandmother and granddad I, and I was staying in a bedroom in their basement. I, and that's where I, I, I slept and she fixed my meals and I paid her for meals and paid her I, to do my laundry and take care of things. I, I didn't have a car and I was walking and hitchhiking I, about a mile and a half and two miles to work. I, and I came in one evening and I saw my grandmother's Bible. Like laying there on the coffee table and I asked her if I could read it. I, I took it downstairs every evening brought it back up every morning. I, but I took it downstairs every evening when I'd come in begin to ray, uh, pray I, and study that word and God began to deal with my heart. I, and I dealt on my knees I, beside that bed in that basement and I repented. I, and God saved my soul right there and began to change I, and transform me. I, he began to transform me and illuminate me. He brought me out of darkness into marvelous light. He began to transform me and illuminate me by His Word and the working of my spirit. I didn't have to give up friends. I didn't have to give up the world. It gave me up. And that's what I don't understand. I see all these people confessing Christianity, confessing to walk with God. Yet they want to serve God on one hand and walk in the world uh, in the other. Let me tell you something. You cannot serve two masters. Uh, for you will love one and hate the other or hate one and love the other. Uh, you cannot give yourself to two masters. You uh, have to make a choice and it's time uh, to make a choice. We are entering in uh, to a working of the Spirit, a move uh, of the Spirit of God that is preparing uh, the church for a baptism uh, of the Holy Ghost and tongues of fire, getting us ready for that baptism that fell on the day of Pentecost. I'm telling you, it's coming back in the same measure, in the same power, authority, and dominion and a great spirit of conviction is going across this earth, and it will reap souls like it did in the book of Acts. Some of you listening to me, you cannot imagine 3,000 people getting saved in one day. You can't 
imagine that. Five or six thousand getting saved at one time and I ain't talking about this side. Standing before the preacher and confessing that. I'm talking about God's sorrow repentance side. I'm talking about the Holy Ghost convicting that and smiting hearts and people falling on their knees that and weeping and crying that and repentance that with tears and repentance with a heart that they want to be saved and delivered and healed that and they want God to change them and transform them out. Turn them from this life of sin, degradation, ungodliness, and holiness out because they're tired of sin. Don't you ever say that serving God is hard, his word says. The ways of a transgressor, that's what's hard. You cannot live in the world and walk with God. You've got to have clean hands and a pure heart. And God told us in his word, he said, you know this, nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, and the Lord knoweth him, and let every one that nameth the name of Christ turn, depart from iniquity. If you name the name of Jesus, and you call upon that holy name, and you do it with a sincere heart, you will, there will be a spirit of the resurrected Christ take hold of your heart, and you will turn from your iniquity, the Spirit of God will begin to reprove sin. In the Gospel of John, it tells us when He, the Spirit of truth, is come, He will reprove sin. We don't have a Holy Ghost in people reproving sin now. People go to the altar, they pray, there's no sorrow, there's no godly sorrow. It takes godly sorrow to work repentance. It takes God smiting and convicting the heart to work repentance. I wouldn't give you a thimble full of anything for these people that go to these altars and there's no godly sorrow because according to the Word of God that's the only thing that work of the repentance. You see these so-called revivals and what they call religious concerts and they talk about people coming to the Lord and accepting Jesus as their Savior. If there's no godly sorrow, there's nothing to it. If the Spirit of the resurrected Christ doesn't enter in and begin to convict you and reprove the sin in your life, there's nothing to it. There's nothing to it. It's a sham. It's a fake. It's a religious spirit that people are taking on because they want to come to the house of God, but they still won't. Their adultery, their fornication, they still won't. Their perversion and evil, they still want to live ungodly and holy and partake of the things of the world. The Word of God said, Come ye out from among them. Come ye out from among them and touch not the unclean thing. And He said, I will be your Father and I will be your God and you will be my sons and my daughters. It's time to turn. There's got to be a turning. There's got to be a transformation. There's got to be godly sorrow working repentance. And for godly sorrow to be worked out, there's got to be a word preached under the anointing that's going to prick the heart of man and cause him to cry out, what must we do to change? That's what happened on the day of Pentecost. Peter stood up and declared God's word. Talked about Jesus. Told him the price Jesus had paid. And the Bible said they were pricked in their hearts. And they cried out, what must we do? What must we do? And the first thing Peter told them was repent. Repent because 
The Spirit of God had pricked their hearts. Godly sorrow was working. He said, repent and be baptized. I, I seen a discussion the other day. People talk about whether it was necessary or not to be baptized. If you repent and you've got the opportunity to get baptized, get baptized. If you repent and you die before you get a chance to be baptized, I believe God will say, honor your repentance and save your soul. But when Jesus went down to where John was preaching, he walked out in that water. When John saw him, he said, I have need to be baptized of thee. Jesus Jesus said, suffer it to be so uh, to fulfill all righteousness sake. What was he saying? Uh, this is the plan of salvation. Uh, repent and be baptized in water uh, for the remission of sin. Uh, I believe as Mark says, uh, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Uh, he that believeth not shall be damned. Uh, yes, I believe water baptism uh, is essential to your salvation. Not. If you have the opportunity to be baptized uh, and God doesn't take you out of this world, uh, then you get baptized uh, because it is that washing of that water uh, that gives you uh, a sign. It is a sign that you uh, have accepted a clear conscience in Christ and your sins uh, have been washed away. Does the water do it? No, that's an outward confession uh, that you have accepted a new life, your old life, your sins. Uh, it's washed away. I, I pray somebody's hearing me today because I, the Spirit of God is reaching for people. I, and the scripture I come on the radio with I, in my spirit was Deuteronomy 10 I, and verse 12. I, and now Israel, I, what doth the Lord thy God require of thee? I, but to fear the Lord thy God, to walk in all his ways, I, and to love him and to serve the Lord thy God uh, with all thy soul. It's not there in people today. Uh, it's not there. There's nothing in people when they accept Christ. Uh, they do not feel the requirement. They do not feel the need uh, and the necess necessity to change. Uh, I'm ready to see the Spirit of God uh, get on ministers like it did on Jesus. Uh, and for the, when Jesus went in that temple with that whip uh, and he braided that whip uh, and he run the money changers uh, out of the temple. They were uh, changing money for a profit, selling sacrifices for a profit uh, in the house of God. They wasn't there to help people out. Uh, they was there to make money. They was there to take advantage. Uh, they was there with evil hearts and evil thoughts of unbelief uh, inside of a man of Jeremiah, the seventh uh, chapter, in the ninth through the eleventh verses. Uh, he said, uh, from the ninth verse, he said, will you stay he said, murder and commit adultery and swear falsely and burn incense and walk after other gods whom ye know not. And verse 10 says, and come and stand before me in this house which is called by my name and say, we are delivered to do all these abominations. And verse 11, is this house which is called by my name become a den of robbers in your eyes? Behold, 
tonight. Even I have seen it, saith the Lord, do not faint. When you come in the house of God in the wrong spirit, do not faint. When you come in with adultery and fornication in your life, or you come in swearing falsely, or you come in with other gods in your hearts and lives, no, we don't bow down and worship idols, but our lives and the things we do in our life has become our gods. They have become our gods. People are too busy to go to the house of God. They're too busy to pray. And these things have become your gods. If you are too busy in your daily walk, in your life, to find time to pray and read your Bible, and then once you find time to pray, you struggle in prayer to talk to the Lord and have a relationship with God, your life is out of balance. And you need to get it back in balance. Because there's got to be a balance in your relationship and your walk with God and your natural life. I know we all have natural responsibilities. I know we all have things that have to be done. Even in ministry, we have things that have to be done. But there's got to be a balance. There's got to be a balance in your walk and your relationship with God. And taking care of things in your personal life. That's one thing. It took me years to learn, but thank God that He taught me how to put a balance in my natural life with my spiritual life and take care of my obligations. But you cannot get consumed with the cares of this life because if you do, it will choke the Word and it will make you unfruitful. It will make you unfruitful in your daily relationship with God. It will make you unfruitful in your life. And the Bible says you will bring forth no fruit under perfection or maturity. There's no way to walk into that completeness that God has for your life with your life out of balance. This is Brother John Metter, and I pray this word has been a stir to your soul. And again, I want to remind you that God is working in a great and a mighty way. It was on the 9th of May that God spoke to me and let a spirit of prayer consume me that morning. And I sent words out to a lot of people and a lot of ministers to gather people together and go to prayer that evening. I felt an urgency to pray for our nation. And we still, we don't know. God may have prevented something. But anyway, uh, all that day, the Lord kept speaking to my spirit. I'm doing something new in prayer. I'm doing something new in prayer. I'm doing, there's a newness in prayer. And we're seeing it begin to take hold of people. So we want to encourage you to uh, contact us. You can go to our website, uh, mansentfromgod.org. That is M-A-N-S-E-N-T-F-R-O-M-G-O-D dot O-R-G. It has our mailing address there. It has our email address there. It has our connection to our Facebook, our YouTube page. There are blogs there that you can read. That some of them I've written them back over the years. It tells you about us, about the ministry, about where it comes from. And I want you to uh, look at the blog that talks about the Apostles' ministry. And I describe how over the last 46 years, God has started bringing me and brought me forward through many trials and troubles and heartaches and sorrows to this apostolic ministry that He is now 
spoken in me and has drawn me into and is causing this word and this authority of the kingdom to stand up in me. So if you would like to write us, I know many of you don't have computers, you don't uh, have that, but if you would like to write us, write us at world, W-O-R-L-D, revivals, R-E-V-I-V-A-L-S, and that is P.O. Box 1618, Conyers, C-O-N-Y-E-R-S, Georgia, the zip code is 30012. Send us your prayer request. Send us uh, how a letter telling us what this broadcast is doing for you. And if you can find uh, an offering, you may be a, uh, attending a church. You may honor God there with your giving. But I'm asking about 35 or 40 people out there and all the people here in this broadcast make a commitment to send us $10 a month. It would really help us keep this broadcast on the air. We're a small church. We do a lot. And sometimes it's a struggle um, for the finances to come in to keep this going the way we want to and do the other things. We've got a lot of things going in uh, the ministry and what we do. And we support missionaries. We do different things. And we uh, got a heart. Uh, my son is going to Uganda in August, and we're wanting to help him. So uh, stand with us. Send us your prayer request. Send us an offering to help us keep this going. And if you would like to come to the church and visit with us and be in service with us, we have one service that is on Sunday at 11 a.m., and you would take Highway 52 going from LJ toward Dawsonville. Come out just a few miles. And there on the left, you will see Big Creek Road turns to the left. When you turn left, the Dollar General store will be on your right-hand side. You come six, six and a half miles somewhere in there. Little white church on the left said New Testament Church of LJ. And we will meet there with you. We go to prayer about 1030 of a morning uh, on Sundays. And uh, we begin our service when prayer lets up. Could be 11, 11, 10, 11, 15. But we pray for the leadership and the working of the Spirit of God to have its way. And we want to encourage you to come be with us. Pray for us. We are still meeting for nightly prayer anywhere people can meet. Your homes, your churches, your businesses. Uh, if you can pray together with someone, it's good to pray in unity. But we pray every night for God to touch this country, for God to touch the leaders and the rulers and the kings of this earth and give peace, that we may live a quiet and peaceable life. We pray for our president. We pray for the administration. We pray for our government, our Congress. We pray for all the leaders to do the right things and make the right choices that we can walk peaceably with God. I see our time is gone. God bless you for joining. We love you and appreciate you. Come be with us.